0: Ladies and gentlemen, we're shoveling, but we're wearing raincoats, so to speak. This is the growing season right here on News Talks, like at 960 AM. I'm Matt McFarlane. And as always, I'm pleased to be joined by Mom and Dad. And actually, this is wonderful because with Valentine's Day coming up, I happen to be the Valentine's Day gift, right? Isn't this one of the things I was given as a Valentine's Day gift, kind of, sort of? No? Mom, Dad? Well, wrong time of the year, Matthew. Yeah, you're a a June baby. (laughs) But you know what I'm saying. I am the result of an amorous interaction, yes? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So ladies and gents, look, I know, this is the time of the year when you when, when you vow to spend more time with your significant other. You're going to give them one special evening, except for the fact that this year you have seen your significant other for probably 365 consecutive freaking days, and uh, some of the shines come off the apple. But we're going to help put some of that shine back on. The show is dubbed Sexy Plants Number no. 2. This is the sequel to last year's show, which was super popular, and we thought, why not We go back to the aphrodisiacal, which is not even a word, but those waters. And we're going to jump into the plants that would put uh, a tilt in your kilt, so to speak. Now, just to warn you, uh, the frisky switch, the frisky switch, the frisky switch has been turned on with Mr. Jack McFarland, according to what mom has said, Uh, Yoda, yes, is making all sorts of things levitate, if you know what I mean. Yes? (laughs) Yes? <laughs>
1: yes? You know what, Matt? Since yeah. we've been doing this show, Mom has been a little bit more frisky. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's all kinds of gross. Okay. All right. So uh, I'm going to go vomit on the commercial break here, but we're going to be chatting about all those plants that would make you dandy and randy. She's Lynn. He's Jack. I'm Matt. I'm going to go uh, vomit and then brush my teeth. And this is the growing <laughs> season right here on News Talk. like so 960 AM. Stay tuned for some... Randiness. And we're back. The growing season right here on News Talk. It's like a 960 AM. Follow along with us using Show Bits. It's the visual accompaniment to our show. You're going to want to use this one because uh, also I might throw up the um, NSFW, the not safe for work. Now, I'm not going to be putting uh, pornographic pictures up on our website, but... This is the horticultural version of that. Mom and Dad, specifically Dad. Now let's actually dispel some of the rumors here. Dad Yoda, yes, takes great delight in sort of positioning his son as the wild card here, as the one that is, <laughs> as is you know, that's the the uh, the loose cannon. My father, my father is not a drinker. He is not a smoker. My father was an absolutely model, model, model father and husband. If he does have one vice, it happens to be my mother. Your mom. (laughs) Yes, my mother. So we grew up in a household where it was very common for innuendos that were not so innuendo-ish to be made. And my sister and I heading for the hills because my dad was consistently chasing my mother around, even into, guys, what was it, 47 years of marriage?
1: 46, Matt. 46. Matt, I have a big question for you here. You want to answer it for me? Uh, okay. It's going to be a little bit of a horticultural slant to it, okay? Yep. Okay, Matt, do you think that pollination is wasted on the young?
0: <laughs> do I think that pollination is wasted on the young? I feel like I'm walking into a bear trap here. Um... <laughs> Okay, I guess my answer is yes.
1: Yes? Okay, I would imagine that is probably probably no, but anyways, Matthew, Matt, you know, your mom and I have been basically married for 46 years as of January the 18th of this year, right, Matt?
0: Now, I was going to ask you how long you've been together, but it's basically what, 46, 46 years? 47, roughly, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah, but we knew each other in high school. He sat behind me in grade 10 geography class.
1: Okay. Ladies and but gentlemen, wait a minute, Matt, top, wait a minute. so. So top to bottom, Matthew, I would have to say I definitely know my way around your mama. Your mama oh, uh,
0: okay. <laughs> oh, god! Because I was about to make a bottom joke, and then you just <laughs> snatched that away from me. thought you just like it. Oh, yeah, that's, I told you this show really has an excited. <laughs> it's going to be, guys. It's going to be one of those shows. Uh, CRTCGrowingSeasonCanada dot is the website. Click on contact. Uh, please send any sort of uh, communication to me, and we can chat about it uh, off-air. Because <laughs> I'm deathly afraid. Yeah, I'm deathly, deathly <laughs> afraid. <laughs> yeah, as I was trying to make mention, yes, my father has a very active interest in my mother it 's actually surprising that there wasn't more than two children. My mother had a propensity for uh, making her packages uh, small but mighty, and so my yes. sister and I were both premature, and that 's precisely why she stopped now, if things had been different if she was birthing cement mixers, uh, we would no, would have no, <laughs> we would have probably been I would have been you know the first of eight. <laughs> type yes. Thing, right <laughs> sure. yes okay so guys where are we starting and let me just put the caution up right now we would like to avoid any sort of calls into the office and chats with the boss Jyoti Panu okay so let's make sure can we please keep things on the you know the somewhat civilized side here yes
1: so Matthew I will stick to the horticultural slant as much as possible okay. how's that uh, yeah I don't believe you but okay
0: <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you. Okay, so, so Maddie, listen. Wait, 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 So what do you figure the amount of flower sales for Valentine's is um, every year?
0: Any idea? Got to be lots. Got to be lots. Millions upon millions upon millions.
1: I would think it's more like billions, okay? Okay. Because they, they figure that Christmas and Hanukkah represents about $2.28 billion for I mean, roughly 30%, say, of the overall flower sales in a year, Matt. Okay. So here's really interesting. So, you know, long stem roses, for instance, right, Matt? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So those are generally, if you get the red roses, they're generally something like Mr. Lincoln, okay? And those are a hybrid tree rose. And they would be in the neighborhood of, say, 60 centimeters long or
2: something, then. Yeah. And the medium stem roses are 50 centimeters now, long. Now,
0: are you implying that Mr. Lincoln was... That's a big twinkie. No. The roses? That's a... no,
1: man. <laughs> Maybe his Good roses him, were. Man. Wow. <laughs> Fantastic, <laughs> but, but Matt, you know what? Really cool. The amount of money that you would pay to say buy roses online—we checked into this for you, so we would have some numbers for you—and they're in the basically about eighty dollars. And the time you throw in delivery and everything, it's around a hundred bucks, Matt. Yeah, agreed. Yep. But yep. if you go to a store, let's say per se, and you wanted to go, even there is up by us here, right? Yeah, you can go and buy a dozen red roses which are, you know, not all fancy-dancy and all packaged all certain way, but they're in the 20 to $30 range. Okay. So that's quite amazing. But, Matt, when a person brings home their roses, one of the biggest problems is trying to keep them alive. Any idea on what, what you should do in that case? Well,
0: okay, didn't I hear, okay, this, this to me falls into the same realm as your Christmas tree's, and uh, anything of that ilk, right, where, okay, drop a couple aspirin in the bottom of them or whatever, uh, three tablespoons of 7-Up. But what I did hear was, is it—is this true, bleach? Bleach works well?
1: Yeah, a little bit, Matthew. They're, they're talking probably, oh, a quarter teaspoon of bleach per one quarter or one liter of water. Why the so bleach? To, because I guess what happens is the main problem is when, remember, these flowers are, on, death, on life, not on, they're on life sport, okay? Yeah. And, and the problem is that one of the biggest issues as far as cut flowers and having them in your home is bacteria building up. And so the bleach will actually just act the same way as what your pool would be, okay? So you would actually keep the bacteria at base. So, so are you suggesting that I'm longer. supposed
0: to go over and pee in the vase much like I do in the pool?
1: Not no. at all. <laughs> not at all. But
0: Matt, here's a
1: few pointers from me. Okay. okay, so basically, when you would bring these flowers home from the store, or if you had bought them and then they are delivered and so forth, uh, the thing is, clean water is number one thing, Matt. Okay. They said that you do not want to... The water should be lukewarm kind of thing when you go to put it in. And any flowers that are wilted or damaged or whatever, remove because they start to release... What, Len?
2: They start
0: to release ethylene. Ethylene, ethylene gas. gas now, wait a second. We have learned... The uh, the resident chemist, Mister John Francis White, aka the uh, the <laughs> the uh, chemist behind all of the stuff right. at the growing season, much like his cousin uh, Walter White. But Same we I have mean. learned that ethylene is also one of the things that helps to signal trees changing color. Yes,
1: in the fall. Yeah, yeah, it's a hormone, Matt. But the idea is, Matt. It, it says let's say you brought, a, brought these home and you put them in the fridge initially yes. before you decided you wanted to put them into a vase. You have to be careful that it's not anywhere near apples because apples release ethylene gas which in turn will diminish the length of time that these roses are going to be a, a, they're not alive so let's say the blooms are are intact in your home. And and it comes down to a lot of things Matt. When, when you bring them home you were talking about the same thing with the Christmas tree. Well, the same thing with these roses, per se. Yeah. You would actually cut, say, one to five centimeters off the base on an angle, sharp angle, maybe a 45 kind of idea. And what you want to do is you want to reinstate, the, you want to remove the clog. Okay? Right. Yep. Remove the clog. It draws water, keeps the bloom li- alive long enough in your home so that you can enjoy it. So it's not alive. It's definitely on life support. But, Matt, it comes down to a whole bunch of other things. Okay, use a wide-necked vase. But never clear glass.
0: Use colored glass. Why? Are you serious? I'm dead serious. Why? Use colored glass? Yes. What? So does the... Oh, wait a minute. Does this have to do with light? It has to do with light. So, okay. So what do I need? Like, what? what's the... How does the...
1: Green, blue, any color except clear. Okay? Why? Because you want to... It, okay, it's, it's got a, it's two, two things it does for you. Number one is it reduces the amount of light that is getting to the stems within the vase itself, okay? Therefore, less bacteria, okay? Okay, okay. Number two is it also hides the stems themselves within the vase, so it's not looking kind of on the ugly side.
0: You got it? So, what you're telling me then, though, okay, I'm fascinated by this, and I'll tell you why the glassware conversation fascinates me. When I was doing a show for Saga 960 called Drinks on Us, and actually it still continues, and two lovely ladies are doing it, Michelle Haken and um, Courtney, uh, Courtney Watson are doing it, Sunday mornings at 10 a.m., and it's all about celebrating a good time. And we chatted with Chris Culinary, who we had on over the holidays about wine, and we put a horticultural spin on it, and he was saying that glassware, when it comes to wine, is as important as the wine itself. And a glass, like for instance, champagne, the flute glasses, are that shape because it forces the wine to breathe in a certain way. And your wine glasses for your Merlots and your Sauvignon Blancs and your Cab Sauves, those are a certain shape because it's forcing the wine to breathe at a certain way. So what you're telling me here is that the glass that you're putting your long stem roses in affects the length of time that these roses are going to stay rosy? Yes.
1: The idea, oh, Matthew, is you want... man. I know. It's really it's really something, Matt. But in actuality, the wider necked vase allows for more air circulation as well around the leaves. Okay. And, and But you have to make sure that no leaves are physically in the water itself because the leaves will start to break down. Therefore, more bacteria. Therefore, it shortens the length of time that those blooms are going to be intact on the roses themselves. But Matt, another big thing is that you always, daily you should be changing the water and always make sure it's warm water. Because remember, what do a ro- how are roses growing in actually outside in the ground? The ground is not ice cold water right. out of your tap. Yeah. And so the idea is too, Matt, you, you were talking about the bleach. Well, another thing is the, the water out of your tap is generally alkaline. So if you add a few drops of bleach, even uh, upwards, they say, a quarter teaspoon of bleach per per quart, the idea is that it will give you something that the roses would be used to living in, okay? Yeah. But big thing here as well, don't touch the blooms, okay, on, on a rose because, Matt, they bruise very easily, especially now that they've been cut off. They have no roots, okay? And so you've got to make sure that they have to be able to last as long as possible. Now, here's lasting as long as possible. Ten days is generally... A rule of thumb. But if you do everything right, you could increase that upwards to two weeks, let's say.
0: Okay? Okay, so to do everything right, we need a vase that does not have clear glass. Okay. Yep. The water that you should be putting in should be warm. Yep. Okay, and not and not cold. Are any of these are any of these little myths and tricks regarding aspirin or seven up or any of this stuff?
1: aspirin works okay so uh, aspirin would work because it would make it more acidic so it would do the same thing that bleach is doing okay yeah sugar works sugar works too so when okay so let's say they're starting to look a little on the sad side give them a bit of sugar i'm not lying so give them a teaspoon of sugar in a clean thing of water and that will increase the length of time in which the blooms will last now here's something you cannot change okay under no circumstances do you place these roses in that vase in full sun or in a hot room? Because, man, will that ever shorten the length of time in which they're gonna, the blooms are going to be intact, Matt. Wow, really? Yes, that's the number one thing. So if a person isn't using roses or getting roses or giving roses per se, then the idea is, Matt, then you could get things like, say, zinnias or carnations or chrysanthemums or any of this cup. And, and most of the time, Matt, they put something in called called baby's breath okay you'll see that leafy thing that goes in with your and so matt generally speaking even uh uh, sorry even these guys matt will last two weeks to three weeks without any problems whatsoever but once the bloom is done on one once it is faded and finished remove that immediately otherwise that will start the bacteria process all over again and it will shorten the life again so it's all just really crucial a few little items matt Remember, these things are not alive. They're on life support. So you just got to remember that.
0: Okay. So, by the way, we had the Latin alert go there. I could not slip in anything because Dad was chatting. (laughs) But yes, (laughs) that was the Latin alert. We are 14 minutes and seven seconds in and we've talked about roses. Now, obviously, Dad is very passionate about this. So again, I will put that. Here's me putting it on my list. Roses. uh, Stay away from roses. Stay away from (laughs) bugs. Stay away from earthworms. Stay away from topsoil. Stay away from composting. Okay. So yeah, Mom, Mom, you know what? Wait a minute. It wasn't that bad, was it? (laughs) No, it's totally good. But okay. I want to get into the history. I don't want to get into it right now because dad's gone off on his rose thing for 14 minutes or 14 years and 73 months, okay? Uh, Let's get into something. Guys, in your opinion, what would be the weirdest plant that would have aphrodisiacal qualities that many would not associate as having those qualities? And go.
1: Wait, wait. First of all, before we hit into that. Okay, what is an aphrodisiac, Matt?
0: An aphrodisiac is something that makes... Makes you feel a little bit frisky and makes you want some whiskey and then maybe get some tickly. Huh?
2: Yeah, it's a food drinker yeah. drug that stimulates sexual desire. Yeah, it's good. If it looks good, smells good, and tastes good. It's an aphrodisiac. Okay? okay. In other words, and if it's, a, you know, if it looks like your thingy, it's good for your thingy. <laughs>
1: Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness! Okay. All, <gasps> All right. right. All right. Okay. So, wait, wait. Wait. We'll go off in a tangent here in a minute, Matt. Yeah. I have a major question for you again. Yeah. Okay. So picture this, Matt. Your name is Herb Pole. You got it.
0: Herb Pole. Pole. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
1: Okay. So one morning you wake up and your musa is blocked at the calm. Okay. Your nodes are okay, but this causes a blockage along the xylem tubes, and therefore you can't achieve turgor in any way. What would you do?
0: Uh, okay, so you're talking about a grass and <laughs> Turger, what would you do? Uh, you got to have some water. You've got to have to drink some water. Water.
2: No, actually, you need to see a doctor right away. You need to see a doctor right away. You have a blood clot in your...
0: <laughs> what? You have problems. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> cool. All right. So on to the things that uh, <laughs> yeah. on to yeah, the let's, things let's that are sexy because there's nothing. Yeah. I, I again, we're, we're we're 16 minutes and 29 seconds in. We're talking about bacterias and blood clots in your in your here. Uh, guys,
1: so you still didn't answer
0: the
1: question. No, so what would you do? I'm not. I'm
0: not answering the question because it's got nothing to do with what we're talking about. Okay, <laughs> it's got nothing. I don't know. Wh- I don't know what we're doing here. This is not urology. Uh, on News Talk, Saga 960 AM. Okay? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Get, get, cut to the chase then. If we're going to do this, what plant are you talking about? Go. What is this? It's a banana. Okay. You could have just said banana. Why do we have to get into, um, like, <laughs> the clotting of blood in areas that I do not want to... Yeah, anyway. Okay. All right. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is what I have to deal with, okay? This is absolutely what I have to deal with. All right. Okay, so Matt, we're at bananas. So oh, boy. <laughs> lay it on
1: me, man. What about bananas? Listen, all right, so look, okay, looks... what's so great about bananas? Well,
0: it looks like a phallus, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So what else? Uh, it's, Anything? It's yellow. It's got... So it's a jaundice phallus? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what about
2: you, Mom? It has a, brom- a bromelain enzyme in it. Okay. It's... That's... They believe that that increases a man's sex drive... It also has high levels of potassium, riboflavin, and vitamin B two, which uh, keeps up your energy level.
0: Okay, so how many bananas do you need to eat to get like you're just wicked, wickedly, wickedly ready to go? What a truckload!
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Matt. We didn't get into that. Uh, Mr. Mr. Uh, you.
0: It's good for your heart. Your <laughs> potassium <laughs> levels are a little high, Mr. McFarland. What's going yeah, on here? Don't eat any bananas. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, okay. All right. So,
1: yes. Wait, I, wait, Matt, wait a minute, Matt. Remember anything that is is a herbal remedy, or, or they consider an aphrodisiac, plant based anything, right? Yeah. They're generally going to be taking a lot longer to, to to get into your system. Yeah. You got to yeah, remember that
0: completely. Completely. I, I totally get it. Right. But the point is that guys, you don't you don't necessarily have to go out and get fourteen bushels of bananas here at at Sobey's and one a uh, day. One one a day,
1: yeah. Okay. I would imagine that's accurate. Yeah,
0: and then when should you expect? Like, was it like is it like a weekend? Weeks. weeks, weeks. Okay,
1: two three weeks kind of thing. Okay. It's it's very similar, Matt. To say uh, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, pistachios. Yes, they're a nut. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm not, and there's a million ways we could go on that one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, mom, explain pistachios to Matty.
2: Well, pistachios are a nut, and nuts have the B vitamin in them, and the B vitamin is very good for for Mm -hmm. sex drive.
0: Pistachios.
2: Yeah, pistachios. Yeah, they actually have a study called the pistachio diet. It uh, improves erectile function parameters. All right. It can improve, uh, pistachios can improve blood flow, cholesterol, and um, stimulates Better blood flow through your body, especially, especially in in pistachios.
1: Especially in your, Matthew, but
2: the, the <laughs> Matthew. this shows
1: I said a lot body. about that. But Matt, anyway, it takes upwards to three weeks they figure for it to start showing any signs of improvement. So if people are having issues, that's all they were saying, Matt. Yeah, and by
0: that point, your heart explodes because of cholesterol.
1: So yeah, <laughs> yeah I guess.
0: <laughs> I know. Okay, so so far on the on the on the erotic menu, or what I shall be serving. For my wife on Valentine's Day, we have pistachios, we have we have bananas. Now, my question would be is, floral-wise, what should I be bringing into the home here on the floral end of things?
1: The floral end of things, so depending what you want to do. How about orchids, man?
0: Okay, now orchids, look, growingseasoncanada.com is the website. Click on showbits. Look, orchids already look rude. Okay, they, like, these things, if there's anything that looks like the body part of a female, an orchid has got to be in there. Right, guys?
1: Yeah, I would imagine, Matt. And, and as you know, it, Greek, uh, orchid is Greek for testicle, right?
0: <laughs> they got that wrong, by the way. It doesn't look like that at all. <laughs> no, <question. laughs>
1: I haven't looked at the bottom of an orchid it, to find out. Yeah, yeah, but Matt, there are other Yeah, and they have something in them called
0: what, Lynn?
2: Phalep. Which is.
0: Spell that. Which in, Mom, spell that.
2: Uh It's spelled S A L E P. Okay. Uh, there's uh, two other different spellings, but for the sake of time, I won't go into them. Uh, but in ancient times, it was considered. It's actually. It, they made a flower from the tubers of the orchid, and it was salep, and it was considered uh, very good for sex drive.
0: So what? They would make like sex bread? <laughs> Yeah, they make like a
2: flower. I guess they would dry the orchid tubers and make a flower and eat it and it was supposedly good for sex
0: drive. Uh, you know, you could theoretically have a garden. Like if you had the if you had the the right location here, you could have a garden full of poppies and orchids and get really high and well, there's really Randy. Plant you can use it's called horny goat weed. What? I'm sorry. It's called Epimedium. what? Epimedium. Epimedium, Matt, you must know that, right? Yeah, but it's called horny goatweed.
2: That's yeah. Yeah, and this plant, uh, what happened is this (laughs) plant things? (laughs) native to China, Okay. and it was observed when the goats would eat the leaves of it, or eat the whole plant, the goat would do that, that they got very frisky. And so, um, yeah, then they started using it uh, for humans. Okay. was,
0: Uh, now, to noticeable effect?
2: um, Yeah, it it contains a compound called icarin. It controls blood flow to the penis, and there's flavonoids in the plant, and uh, the health benefits of those they contribute to increased sexual appetite. So yeah, it's a good plant. And we can grow it here. It's zones what four to eight or something. Yeah, okay. Four to so eight.
0: so what we got to do here? Okay, so on the list we have bananas, pistachios. I need some of that frisky bread, some of that frisky flour. So that's orchids, right? Mm-hmm. And then we got to get uh, some. Make I'm a sorry.
2: Salad with the horny goat weed leaves. <laughs>
0: Listen, okay, growingseasoncanada.com. Listen, get us to do your landscape design because every design now will feature a prominent garden full of horny goatweed. Okay, horny goatweed has now become a staple. Actually, it's got a rather pretty flower.
1: Yeah. Actually, Matt, you must know another another name.
0: How about Bishop's Hat? Okay, totally. Hold on. Bishop's Hat is horny goatweed?
1: It's horny goatweed. The
0: definition of irony is right there. Bishop's Hat is also known (laughs) as Horny Goatweed. I know, Matt.
1: A lot of plants out there, we've done a number of shows now on Medicinals, right? Yeah. But there are so many out there that are actually basically aphrodisiacs, Matt, no matter what it is. Everything from an apple to a cherry to anything you could think of, they're all considered aphrodisiacs in a certain way,
0: Matt. Now, granted, listen, I have never, after eating an apple pie, I have never said to myself, you know... My sexual interest levels are elevated because of this apple pie.
1: (laughs) Actually, they say pumpkin pie is better, actually, than apple pie. But Matt, how much time we got before you got to flip to the next segment?
0: We got to go right now. She's Lynn, he's Jack, I'm Matt. On the other side, well, it's more or less horny goat weed. This is the growing (laughs) season right here on News Talks. like a 960 a.m. We're back! The Growing Season, a.k.a. Uh, Urology R Us, right here on News Talks so 960 AM. Follow along with us at growingseasoncanada.com. Click on Showbits, and uh, you will see lots of plants that uh, look like eggplants or bananas or cucumbers or whatever other things fit the bill for this godforsaken show today. Okay, so <laughs> Mom and Dad, we finished strong with, uh, there was bananas in there. We also had some horny goat weed. And uh, where, where, where are okay, we picking up? You want to go
1: to. I want to go to something called Clitoria ternatia.
0: I'm sorry. Okay. What was that word that you just said? Clitoria oh, ternatia. Oh my god! Okay, CRTC. That's this is the name of a horticultural organism. Uh, it's called Clitoria. I just want to set that straight right now. We are not in any way uh, grows in zones ten to eleven, so I don't have to be worried about tripping over my feet walking by in the garden here. This thing is—it's the genus—is the name Clitoria. So, so, there's a whole bunch of these things. Yes.
1: Yes, and Matt, oh. like, what's a, what? It, a, to me, honestly, it looks like a, a yep. sweet pea or a morning glory—that okay. kind of idea. Yeah. Yep. But on top of it, it looks like yep. part mm-hmm. of a woman's body. Yep. And uh, I'm just sorry to say, it's exactly what it looks like. It's
2: well, a member of the Fabace family. It,
1: this is a bean? It's a bean family. <laughs> it's, a be-
0: it's a nitrogen fixer, amongst other things, yes?
1: Yeah. Okay. it could be a nitrogen fixer.
0: The Very German clean. botanist Johann Philipp Brain discovered it. And let me tell you, this guy had a brain on him because he was like, you know what this looks like?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's name it this. I don't care, man. Anybody who sees it will say the exact same thing.
0: I know. Thing. I know. I've seen it. I've seen it. It's it's absolutely. Listen, I'm actually surprised that this is not part of the orchid AC family because it looks, it's, this is rude looking. This is rude looking. Ooh, I oh, I see. I know, that. Matt.
1: You know, it's not really that rude. It's just nature for crying out no, loud. No, totally. And I know we're making fun of it here, Matt, but for crying out loud, it's just everything has to reproduce outside, and it just happens to this one. Really looks like it's reproducing. You know and what? You can though eat it.
0: I think it's only, I think it's only humans of a certain, of a certain time period that make this sexual stuff into the taboo subject or into the slightly dirty subject. Because you think about this, and we joke about it, but nature is just having sex all the time. It's constant. It's literally constant. There is sex happening all year round. The mosses you know are, are me, having Matthew, sex I'm right not now. You
1: out there. You know what, not even the briophytes in the wintertime, are still having sex for crying out I just said that. All, all the mosses are having sex. Well, I didn't hear that. Sorry, Matt. Yeah, that, I'm, I'm kind of deaf,
0: you know. Well, and you're also super excited about this show, so you're only thinking about one part of your body. But the point is, <laughs> but so the but the point is that this is it's consistent. It's constantly happening all around us, right? When 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 you walk outside and your maple has bombed your car with pollen, that's sex. It's trying to have sex with your Hyundai. <laughs>
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, 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 yeah. And you know what, Matt?
1: The funny thing is that everything must have sex with the same planet. It's not; they're not crossing species. It's variety, right? Yeah. Or in this and, case, and this automobiles. Is what people fail to understand.
0: Yes. Okay.
1: Okay, I mean, rose can't pollinate a, a daisy. Okay. Right. And, and a, an oak tree can't pollinate a maple tree. That right. kind of idea.
0: Right now, granted, I have been uh, I have been sexually assaulted by a number of Austrian pines when I was cutting grass underneath them, and you would drive by, <laughs> and they would just deposit. Beautiful yellow pollen all over you, and there was it was, <laughs> you know. it was this Austrian that was you know making passes at me, and be like I know who your father is. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know what, Matt? For the, for the most part, uh, the
1: clitoria flower, yeah, or the either. pea. What is it called? A blue pea? Uh, uh, blue butterfly pea? Okay. Anyways, Matt, the, the thing, butterfly it, pea is, pea is pea totally pumpkin. edible. All parts of it
2: except for the root. Okay. okay. All right. <laughs> Yes. In fact, in some cultures, they actually batter the flour and deep fry it. Oh, boy. Batter the flour and deep fry it. Yeah. Okay. okay. They batter all the flour and
0: all deep of it's flour. edible, eh? All of it?
2: Yeah. <laughs> Except
0: <laughs> the roots,
1: Matt. They're okay. toxic, so they right. don't stay away from the roots. Yep. But, Matt, you know what? Uh, they're a great anti-inflammatory. they used to even treat brain disorders and dementia. And they have antioxidants, Matt. And here's your favorite word again, or your favorite pair of words. Free radicals. Oh. Oh, so that's great. Oh, and they also contain catechins, which help burn belly fat. And some of us later in life, they need that. Right, Matt? Yeah, I can't believe they would call it this.
0: <laughs> it's just... All right. Any other name would have been better besides this. All right, guys. Speaking of roots, you said that the that the roots were... The roots are poisonous, you said,
1: yes? I said toxic. Toxic, I didn't actually say okay. poisonous. No, toxic is not necessary. It just means it can make you deathly ill, okay?
0: But ginseng... Red ginseng is also reported to be an aphrodisiac yes 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 it is yeah okay and it's very expensive fourteen hundred dollars per pound for this now what's the relation to the the normal ginseng like is this is part of the totally related
1: okay so they're just wild varieties these red ginseng
0: but why is this one so coveted versus or in comparison to the other one
2: well, first of all, most ginseng, well, the wild ginseng is the stuff they really like. And the Chinese, because they have more disposable income now, their wild ginseng has almost become extinct because they've overpicked it. This red ginseng grows in Korea. And because it's wild, it's really, it's really wanted. And it takes, you can't even harvest this red ginseng till it's at least six years old. Wow! So and this thing here is... To, I guess it's the root. It is used to treat sexual dysfunction and enhance sexual behavior. It's a big thing in traditional Chinese medicine. It has vitamin B1 in it. So it helps the brain... Vitamin B1 helps the brain's ability to send signals through the nervous
0: system to your sex organs. So and m- it also helps to balance sex hormones in your body. But mom, how do they know that this thing is six years old. They must
2: know by the size of the
0: plant. Like, they must know, because it's the root they want, so
2: they must look at the leaves. And I'm sure they're keeping track of these plants in the wild. I'm sure that they go for walks or expeditions, and they look, okay, that that plant was here last year, so it's here this year. Now it's two years old. I don't know. They didn't go into that. Well, in actuality,
1: Lynn, what happens, Matt, is the the, the size... Okay, so if this thing is, say, 30 years old, so there's some out there that are in the wild that are 30, 40 years old, and it's a real shame that they go and pick these because each year they reseed themselves again, Matt, and then you get more of the same, right? Yeah. And so that's what they say. Every time you would come across them, they recommend you to take the berries off and then put them in and around the actual area from where you're taking the root itself. Now,
0: Dad, hold on. While we're on this, seeding, if it's grown from seed, you have a better chance of having some variation. If it's grown from cloning or cutting, it's a direct copy of the parent. Yes, agreed.
1: Yes, okay. There's no, there would be a fair bit of diversity per se because it is by seed, right, Matt? Right. Yeah. Yes. But with cloning, it would be an exact duplicate of the parent itself. And Dad, but no, so Matt, it, but it, it, Dad,
0: it's a super cool thing. But Dad, what we've said is in the past is that part of this, like when it seeds, part of it is that what it's been pollinated by might have been out and getting frisky with another member of this flower's family. So let's say you've got a a purple pansy. Okay? And this thing's getting frisky with a with a white pansy and it pollinates it po- takes the pollen from the white pansy pollinates the purple pansy. That's where you would get some white pansy seeds out of the purple yes. pansy seeds?
1: Yes. But the problem with this now, uh, you think about where it's growing, okay? They're growing generally in the wild, they're growing under trees and so forth, right? Yes. And so, therefore, they're not, generally, bees don't go in the shade as much as, say, full sun, so they would probably be being pollinated by other things. This is a problem. So, it could be pollinated by our night shift, okay? Right. So, the idea is that it's not necessarily going to be bees. It might even be a bit of wind and so forth, but they're generally being pollinated by the night shift, I would imagine, because they're, as soon as you go into almost, they're in a very heavy, shady environment. Not completely shady, but shady air because they're under the canopy of the trees themselves, Matt.
0: Yeah, and 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 again, too, m- many people like to have the lights off when they're going when they're getting frisky. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Do you know that Matt uh, Palgrave, just north of us, was known for having good ginseng? Really? has been going back to the late eighteen hundreds. Really. Wow. Yeah, in yeah. the
1: woods. Yeah, we yep. actually see them periodically, Matt, the uh, the wild ginseng on our walks. But, Matty, if you, can we go to corpse flower for one minute?
0: Yes. Okay, so the absolute, this is what I was trying to get to off the top of the show. I was trying to swing for the fences, and then Dad got off on his rose rant and completely buried the lead. I was looking for corpse flower at the beginning of the show because this is the plant that you would think about least when it comes to, an aphrodisiac simply because the smell of this thing smells like rotting corpses. Now some people might find that arousing. Uh, if I don't. I Yeah. I don't. If you're yeah. A fly. Absolutely. Yeah. But the the idea is that it wasn't necessarily
1: that it was such an aphrodisiac. So the the Latin name for it would be like Titan Arum Amorphophallus titanum, okay? You so know what,
0: is- Dad? Listen, we've already put the Latin alert up once, but just for that mouthful that you just spat out, I'm going to put it up again. That was nuts. Sorry. Say that again. Titan.
1: Arum. Amor- Amorphophallus amorph- titanum, okay?
0: Amorphophallus. Amorphophallus. A- you know what that means? Yeah, well, it means it's a Latin for penis. Nope, Mom. No. Giant misshapen penis.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what it means. <laughs> Yep, miss, there's nothing, there is shaping. absolutely nothing sick, sexy about this plant. No, and nothing. yet we
0: have it on the show, GrowingSeasonCanada.com. Uh, the shape, is it's the,
2: the shape of the spandex,
0: yes. It's the, the, I'm sorry, it, it's the shape of the spandex? It's wearing spandex. spandex?
2: it's this big, it's this big kind of member.
0: member oh my goodness.
2: shooting out of the middle of the flower, right. kind of white and wrinkled. Look. Oh my goodness.
1: Okay. This thing here is kind of cool. It's, it's a tuber, okay? Yeah, yeah. And it's between, say, the actual tuber is somewhere between 30 and 300 pounds. But you want know what, Matt? You can buy these quite regularly. They're like 85 bucks a pop. Well, here's the catch, Matt. They only flower they take,
0: like uh, once every seven years or something. Isn't this true? Yeah, eight, ten
1: years even. So they, they take a very long time to flower. And most of the time, I believe they, they flower at night, don't they, if I'm not mistaken? I don't know, but you they have only, to check into that.
2: the flower only lasts a week or two. I know the zoo had one, Metro Zoo had one that flowered, and Niagara Park had one that flowered. But the other thing that this flower does is it has been observed pumping hot, steamy clouds of stench into the night sky because it is pollinated by carrion-eating insects. Okay, so, so it definitely,
0: to- it's definitely male. It's pumping le- clouds of stench into the night sky. It's definitely male. Um, <laughs> and it's looking for flies and other
2: carrion insects to come pollinate it.
0: Oh. Yeah. Okay, guys. Okay, why, for the love of God, do you have this, this beast included on the list here? Why?
1: Remember what they said. If it looks like your thingy, it's good
2: for your it thingy. Actually, it actually, it didn't say anything about what it could be actually used as an aphrodisiac. Okay. It's there because of the shape of the spade.
0: Okay, so simply, you guys just literally wanted to have an excuse to put corpse flower on the show. Here. Yeah. Sure, okay what the heck. That's you know. fine. Yeah. Absolutely. GrowingSeasonCanada.com is the website. Click on Show Bits and uh, a window into the interesting... Uh, wiring that my parents have in placing items on the show that really shouldn't be there but because they pump gas into the night sky they feel like there's a prominent (laughs) place for them
1: hey the flies love it the flies love it maddie can we talk
0: talk about spices for a minute i'm yes saffron right we're gonna get into saffron sure let's hit it okay is this is this the one where alexander the great was was reported to have woken up in a field of saffron and decided that he no longer wanted to take over the world
1: no, that
2: was crocus. So well, that's oh. crocus.
0: because saffrons from crocus, oh, yeah. right? From the big, yeah, yeah, or threads, yeah. Yes, you're really okay. good, Matt. Yeah, once in a while, once in a while, I listen when I'm not when I'm not thinking with my corpse flower. But okay, so <laughs> and actually, saffron. Cleopatra
2: she liked to take uh, baths in milk that was infused with saffron because it had aphrodisiac qualities. And Aristotle, he put saffron all over his food to keep himself going.
0: I love Aristotle. That guy's great. It's a hero. It's
1: <laughs> you know what, you hero hero what out, Matt? Yeah. Hot chilies. There's another good one, right? Hot chilies? <laughs> yes.
0: Okay. What are you supposed to do with this?
1: Well, hot chilies contain something called capsicum, right? Yep. Mm hmm. And so that's responsible for making your hot chili peppers hot. spicy. Yes. Really sp- hot, right? Yes. But, Matt, what it does is it stimulates your nerve endings. In your tongue and other areas of your body. Are you suggesting that I'm (laughs) supposed
0: to be rubbing hot chilies on my
1: stuff? Just just wait a minute. Oh. It releases uh, basically adrenaline, okay, Matt? Mm -hmm. But the problem is they say, make sure you be careful because they say this is actually a natural opiate. That's uh, okay. So when it releases your, it releases endorphins because uh, when you actually take this, okay, eat hot chilies. Yeah. And so the idea is, Matt, it releases, like they said, opiates that are existing within your body itself. But they said, "Here's the number one thing: eat them. Do not at all, ever, under any circumstance, rub them on any area of your partner's body."
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, and I'll tell you, hot chilies are really even not like they aren't even that hot. You're not even into the realm here of crazy hotness. Okay, so if it's this capsicum that you are that that you are reporting gets you a little bit randy. Why aren't we getting into like ghost peppers or reapers or scorpion peppers or any of the other myriad of ones that are up over the 1 million in the Scoville scale? For our listeners that don't know this, the Scoville scale is the scale that measures the heat coming off of organic materials, okay? So in this case, we're talking about peppers. If you want to go and see something that just makes your skin crawl and your hair stand up on end. There's many of these ghost pepper eating contests that they have up on YouTube. And it's a wonderful thing. You know, this is great for Valentine's Day. You can watch these people eating. I think it's in the 30s as far as the number of ghost peppers. And then they have a barf bucket beside them so that when yeah. their stomach just gets so acidic and just goes out of control, these people can, uh, you know, dispense of all of the contents in in, in their stomach. It's, it's a wonderful thing. Happy Valentine's Day, by, by the way, everybody.
1: Thank you. Yeah. But Matt, for the most part, okay, so if you're drinking... Champagne, or you're drinking yep. red wine, or you're drinking coffee, or you're even drinking hot chocolate, okay? All of these things actually kind of mellow you out, and they actually, okay, so they actually help with uh, getting you in the mood to have relations with your your mate. But Matt, one of the coolest things, your mom's just pointing at it right now, is the Aztecs. Okay, go ahead, Liddy.
2: Well, the Aztecs like to drink this drink called... Exact which we get the word chocolate from, but their ruler Montezuma, he was a very prolific hot uh, chocolate drinker. He drank about fifty cups a day before he went to visit his harem. Okay, fifty but, cups. Yeah, 50 Yeah, was whatever this the aspect size cup is.
0: Was this guy uh, peeing his brains
2: out? I I don't know, but you know what? Their chocolate did not taste like ours. There was no sugar, no wax in it. It was a drink, and they put. This kind of corn puree in it, oh, and they lovely. also put hot chilies in it. Okay. But I guess it did something to Montezuma because he he liked to have his fifty cups a day, and then he went off to visit his harem.
1: <laughs> so, Manny, I have a question for you. Yeah. So, yeah. how much time we have left?
0: Now, hold on a second. As you're as you're asking this question, uh, okay. Because when you brought this name up, Montezuma. I've heard that name elsewhere. I've heard it in another in another context. Montezuma's Revenge. Yes,
1: is, the runs. Yes,
0: is yes. It's replacement. Okay, the most important missile. So, yeah, this is travelers travelers mm-hmm. diarrhea, and yeah. I had never knew. I never know. Or I had never known why it was called Montezuma's Revenge, and then well, you... It, you tend certain people get it when they visit tropical countries.
1: <laughs> that's Amazing, so, Matthew. So Matt, I have a great question for you. Yeah. Okay. Okay, honey is an aphrodisiac, right? Yes. Okay, so why isn't an aphrodisiac?
0: Well, that's what I call my wife.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anything else that you got in our, in our world that
0: doesn't involve just Kelly? You know <laughs> what? I gotta say. Is it because of the presence of pollen? No. You'd wonder, eh? I don't think that's really the reason. Mom, because, what do you got?
2: Well, honey is supposed to, it helps regulate hormone levels, and it, it has nitric oxide, which helps in, increase the blood flow during arousal. arousal. So you would wonder...
0: Now, yeah, it helps
2: open the blood vessels.
0: Now, and, but, Mom, for males, they would call it gytric o- oxide, yes? Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. And I don't know what you would call for females, but honey, this nitric oxide is good for both males and females. Okay. And from the word honey, the word honeymoon comes from. And honeymoon is based, like it started as uh, a practice in ancient Scandinavia of drinking mead, which is just fermented honey. During the first month after a couple gets married, because they felt that whatever was in the honey
0: created a, 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 it gave them more of a likelihood of consumption. Wait a second. Wait wait a second. Back to stinking truck up here. What you're saying is that honeymoon has, this adjective, or this noun, I guess, person, place, or thing, I guess, okay, has roots in horticulture. It's actually named after honey. Yeah, yeah it's,
2: it's, it's a, it comes from the Scandinavian practice, I would say, in ancient Scandinavia, maybe the Viking time. Um, they had a, a custom of drinking uh, married couples for the first month after they're married. They drank a lot of mead, which is fermented honey. And this was to create the likelihood of conception.
0: So Amazing, eh, Matt? They, You're saying that the Scandinavians encouraged alcoholism.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, well, I didn't drink
1: alcoholism. Not necessarily alcoholism as much to, to get them uh, the married couple to relax. Okay, Matt, that was all.
2: Yeah, but they drank meat.
1: So, so wow. anyways, Matty, I have a major question for you. Yes. W- what does pom pom, not pom pom?
0: <laughs> well, that's what my wife dances around the bedroom with, but what? Sorry. No, no. No.
1: Pomegranates. Do <laughs> they, they make a good aphrodisiac?
0: Nope. Absolutely Why? not. Well, because you can't ever get the fruit out. So, what's the point? Right. Yes. <laughs> right.
1: Foreplay yeah, goes well, are you, on. Matthew? Well, if you're 100% you listen, almost
0: wrong. If you're you no. listen, if you're using pomegranate as foreplay, you you're, you're both falling asleep because mm-hmm. you're never getting through it
2: because you have 613 C's to get out of
1: that. Oh, before it's just you can eat it. I, and think, by that time your mate's gone to sleep. <laughs> I gotta tell.
0: Yeah, seriously, honestly, legitimately, rose of Sharon, Austrian pine, burning bush, pomegranate. My list continues to grow. Okay. okay. I pomegranates. hate pomegranates. Hate. are
2: good they're full of antioxidants they yep. decrease inflammation yep. and plaque from in your arteries and they help uh deliver more blood flow to areas of
0: your body yes <laughs> okay.
2: so they are good for you but yes getting all
0: those seeds out would definitely be tiring and you know what the fruit doesn't even taste all that good i don't think it's accurate. i like the juice they call it a super fruit though matt yeah i call good. it a pooper fruit how's that yeah. Okay. So now what's our time like? we got about three minutes, if that. Okay, well,
1: I want to hit uh, hit something that's kind of crucial here. Go. Cool. Okay, so if, you're, if if everything, let's say, for instance, they uh, they also mentioned that figs are actually very good as well for, for a, as an aphrodisiac. And they said that they actually are a terrific uh, sexual stimulant because they're high in amino acids, Matt, and they boost sexual st- uh, stamina, and increase your libido. But Matt, what does not help oh, yes. with your sex life as oh, far as that's easy. eating something? The fig wasp. No fig yeah. wasp. That's fig not wasp good. Is actually, the fig is perfectly good for you, Matthew. I don't care about the fig wasp. Okay. Okay, um, come on. Name, can you give me an idea of a couple of items that they recommend that you do not eat?
0: Um. Well, anything with saltpeter in it because you're going to have a hard time, you know. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Something that the average person is not going around and putting like that on their diet. This would be something that you would come across in your everyday lives that you shouldn't be eating, especially if you want to have a, an active sex life. No idea?
0: Oh, yeah. Go.
2: Come? Well, the first one is microwave popcorn. Because what? of the chemicals. Yep. Yes. The chemicals found in the lining of the bags... Um, It's called PFOA, and it's been linked to low sperm counts in men. Now, I would think you've got to be eating an awful lot of microwave popcorn to have that. But to be honest with you, we, uh, Jack, your dad and I, we've stayed away from it for years. Because, so uh, this is
0: this is why Orville Redenbacher never had kids? Maybe. Yeah, Probably. maybe. maybe. Hey,
1: Matt, so Matt, another one that they recommend you not to eat, especially if you want to have an active sex life or you, you're planning on having one. <laughs> Yeah. Dairy products.
0: So stay away. So there's no more working on the night cheese. You ever heard of night cheese? No. That's That's where you eat cheese at night. Called night cheese. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 No cheese.
2: synthetic hormones and dairy products that can affect estrogen and testosterone levels. Now, again, you know, your glass of milk a day or whatever, I don't think that's a problem. It's somebody, it's people that eat a whole lot of it all the time. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Okay, so there's so you shouldn't do nachos before bed. Was not a good one.
2: What? Sorry, lettuce. Yeah, iceberg lettuce. Yep. They say it's good for your waistline, but it's not good for your sex life. But yet, in ancient Egypt, their god of reproduction, Min, yeah, who um, he was in the hieroglyphics, he's. uh, this he's drawn with a very turgid stem (laughs) he ate a lot of lettuce he loved lettuce and the Egyptians loved it too now they didn't go into which kind but they said what they said iceberg lettuce is yeah it's kind of a it doesn't do much for you
0: maybe maybe men was eating romaine or something and that that stuff's more nutritious and that is a wonderful place to press pause and for the second week in a row, we are now uh, referring to this segment, The Extro, as Herstory with Lynn McFarlane, because apparently we didn't get to enough information, Mom?
2: Yeah, well, we didn't get to a vegetable, asparagus. This okay. is a good little vegetable. First of all, it's considered an aphrodisiac. Just think about its shape. Yeah. But it has a high amount of vitamin E, and that increases blood and oxygen flow, to. Your nether regions. Yeah. And there's high levels of potassium in it, which is uh, linked to sex hormone production. And just the shape. It's very suggestive. Uh, Just looking at it gets you in the mood. And asparagus is very good for you.
0: Okay. See, ladies and gentlemen, this is what we call succinct. Lynn's name should be succinct. Look at that. She did that in about... in about 30 seconds, which was fantastic. Now, if somebody else that I know of did that, <laughs> we would still be talking about asparagus three weeks from now. This yeah, has been the asparagus yes Asparagus and Austrian pines and earthworms. That's it. Oh god, mom, don't even say it. Don't even say it, okay? Yeah. Growingseasoncanada.com is a website. Click on show bits. That's the visual accompaniment to the show. Many thanks to Jody Panu and everybody over at News Talks like at 960 a.m. Speaking of GrowingSeasonCanada.com, for all of your horticultural needs with regards to landscape design, consultation as well as as, as install although my install calendar is filling up rapidly so if you snooze, you lose, okay? Guys, this one's short and sweet. I love this because we got to make some time up here. Check this out. Guys, testosterone. It drives me nuts.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it. Mom? Till next time, have a good
2: one and happy Valentine's Day. Jack out.
0: If you miss any part of our show today or any of our earlier broadcasts, don't panic. Just log on to our website at www.saga960am.ca backslash podcasts and look for and stream our podcasts of this show and any of our other great programs.